Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Goldmouth Ramble, the weekly football podcast brought to you by myself, Nick, and my two hosts, uh, co-hosts, hosts, you've been getting a promotion, both of you, <laughs> um, in Reese and Jake. How are you both today? <sighs> good, good, mate. Good mate, frustrated that was, the football world. That sigh didn't say. That sigh didn't say. <laughs> well, good. If we're recording this after the Chelsea game against Talk Zenit, and on. it's just <laughs> Chelsea have had a very shaky fifteen or so days, and it's very worrying considering where we are on the table and everything. But I'm going to talk about that later on um, mm. because I've got it built into my previews for next week, for the next round of fixtures. But it's just like Tuchel had a really good interview today after the game with the Chelsea website. And he gave a very impassioned talk about how this isn't the team that he's built because the team is, they're trying to manage the results rather than manage the performance, if that makes sense. And I kind of see what he's saying. Like once we've got a lead, like we did against West Ham and against Zenit tonight, they're playing to to not lose the, the, the lead rather than just playing the game they know how to play, you know, mm. and that's having an impact. And we've seen twice, we've lost, they lost against West Ham. And then we've tonight dropped two points and meant we finished second in the group in the Champions League. It's very annoying. And it's so Tuchel's already in full not my Chelsea mode. He is, yeah. It, the whole the whole the headline of the interview was just this is not us. He's, and I'm like, I agree. He said it. it at the start of the season though, didn't he? He said, um, you know, we are we're the fourth place team. Yeah, we're he did. The, we're the team yeah. that will finish fourth. Obviously, I think now that's out of the window. Who did he think was finishing above them? United. I, knew. I think, yeah, 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 because they were second last year, weren't they? Mm. So Mm. So, anyway, but that's good. that's my games as well. Anyway, we will get into that. But um, you'll be listening to us on Thursday, which means normal uh, service has been resumed after a few weeks uh, being released on Friday. Uh, it's for one week only, though. We'll be going back to a Friday release next week <laughs> because there's an, another band of midweek fixtures uh, after this and also Spider-Man, and, out, yeah. and also <laughs> Spider-Man, which we are going to see on Wednesday night yeah. together. Uh, for the um, premiere day here in the UK, two days ahead of everywhere else. Wait. Very exciting. Uh, but let's talk about Spider Man. Uh, <laughs> more talk about well, we can talk about Spider Man if you want. If that's they're what all in it. Mean. All the all Spider Mans are in it. Can't wait. I'm so excited. But what? But what if they're not? <laughs> if they're not, I you'll see me cry in person next week. Yeah, I'm the screen in Sheffield is going to get torn down. It is. It is. People. Are, <laughs> there's going to be uproar. Twitter is going to be on fire. Like, if not on it. <laughs> I look forward to it. It'll be it'll be the highlight of my week. <laughs> um, right, uh, Jake. As is customary at the start of each episode, before we get into the uh, meatier stuff later with the previews and whatnot, we will go to you for mm-hmm. uh, our team of the week for whatever the hell number game week it was that just went number fifteen. 15 it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. So what I've done a bit of a combined uh, team of the week for week fourteen and fifteen. Because obviously, yeah. So, some of these players have performed well in week 14, some in 15, and, and some in both. Um, so without further ado, here we go. Um, the goalkeeper position was a very hard one for me to pick this week because I feel like no, no goalkeeper really stood out across the, the two game weeks for me. I don't know if anyone else had any um standout. No, the, no, I think the usual suspects. I'd, I mean, M- Mendy in particular had a bad, bad week. Um, I've said this in a grin uh, again now, our NFL chat that me and Reese are in. Uh, I said it to them because there's a few Chelsea fans in that 
in that chat along with Reese. Uh, and he's been terrible ever since I signed him on FIFA for my ultimate team. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Under Reese's uh, instruction. So every single Chelsea fan. Judgment. I know, but so every <laughs> Chelsea fan that's clear. a bit concerned with Mendy's current form, you know where Reese's DMs are. That's all yeah. I'm saying. The, the, the blame rests solely at your door. I do. I accept that. I was adamant that he was the best keeper on the team for the price that you had to work with and since then he has been an absolute disaster in the Premier League we've conceded eight goals in four games it's outrageous I think oh unbelievable we did that we did that in two halves of football Reese. calm down (laughs) well (laughs) nearly (laughs) near enough (laughs) go on Uh, sorry but yeah no there there was like I say it was hard to pick a goalkeeper this week for bad reasons we weren't spoiled for choice at all um, weirdly the goalkeeper that I have actually gone for conceded three goals um, at the weekend (laughs) but (laughs) Uh, Daniel Backman at Watford, I think, did a really, really good job of keeping City down for three. He made a lot of crucial saves um, earlier on in the game that, that kept City at bay a little bit. Obviously, City found a way through because they always do. Um, but I was really impressed with him. I think he made some good saves. And if it wasn't for him, it would have been a much, much more embarrassing scoreline. So it's one of those situations where it's like, oh, we're giving the man of the match to the goalkeeper and we lost 3-0. Yeah. So can you imagine yeah. what, what it was yeah, like? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, he, he did well. He did a good job, all things considered. Um, in defence, we have uh, right-back Tarek Lamptey uh, for his performance in mm-hmm. Game Week 14. Uh, got the assist for the uh, late equaliser, uh, Neil Mopé's brilliant overhead kick. Yeah. Um, and he just continues. Oh, he was in. He was. He was in the team of the week for week thirteen as well. Tarek Lamptey actually. He's really back in form. I think Brighton have really missed uh, this young lad, and it's great to see him back and and performing the way he is. And I just love the way. I mean, he played it. I think he played at right wing pretty much um, in the last game at the weekend for Brighton. Um, which is makes sense. He's very quick and very good at crossing the ball. He gets forward that much that he might as well play right at right wing. Um, but yeah, really, really good. He looks like he's right back to where he was last season, which is great. Mm-hmm. At centre-back, we have Esri Ponsa, who got two goals for Villa at the weekend. Um, I think his, was it his first one that was... Probably was when Diaz really, but he did get a little touch on he it. He did, yeah. It's one of the, it literally the like came off like, yeah, just off his toe, end of his toe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but his second goal was really good. I think he, he had really good position at the back post. Um, lost his marker, got up well, and, and managed to nod it in from a, a bit of a weird angle as well, actually. But um, yeah, Villa, Villa defensively look a lot more solid now under Gerard and, and Conza. Has managed to get two at the other end as well, which is always good. He's also um, the top scoring player in fantasy this week as well. It's concert. Was it? Mm. Wow, there we go. Save it for later, Reese. Sorry, <laughs> give it all of it. <laughs> um, and then alongside him at centre back is a player who wasn't really playing centre back until about five games ago. Uh, ben Davies at Tottenham, who I've been very impressed with. He's a he's a player that before Conte came in, I was ready to see leave the club. To be honest, I thought he'd kind of ran his course with us. Uh, but he has taken to this uh, new formation under under Conte as the left side of centre back. Brilliantly, he's he's probably been one of the highlights of Conte's reign so far and the changes that he's made. He got 
effectively two assists um, at the weekend. One of them was a bit of a, a scuffed knock-on that might not have really counted as his, but he's been brilliant. He's He's been stepping out of defence. He's been solid at the back. And I think he's... Um, He's definitely been. We, I think we talked about like Conte and the players that he might rejuvenate, and, and David is definitely one of those that's instantly seen the effects of uh, of Conte's management. So, been very impressed by him. I've always thought Ben Davis was always reasonably solid, yeah. without hmm. be without setting the world alight. I always thought he was kind of like a reliable. I, I don't. I've never minded him. I just thought he was one of those that at the start of the season we probably like. He's been here a long time now. He's, he's been. I think he's like the third longest serving player we've got or something mm. um, and I just thought he you know if he was playing at left back I think Reguilón's got him all over he's never going to replace Reguilón so I thought he'd kind of maybe had enough um, and we got better options but as a centre back in a three he's absolutely spot on and yeah long mate continue I read a really good article on The Athletic uh, an interview with Ben Davies as well and he, he was talking about the effect that Conte's had and, and the way that he's kind of the difference between Nuno's reign and this um, this new, much much better manager that's come in, and just he just sounds like a brilliant professional as well. And I think it was um, he was talking about like his tactical and, and even business side of things. He did like a business diploma last year or something, mm. and they were saying he's he's definitely going to be a, a manager eventually, and he wants to a do a good one as well. Yeah, I think yeah. At left back, we have Andrew Robertson at Liverpool. He in midweek got two assists for Everton, um, uh, uh, for Liverpool, sorry. Um, and yeah, he's another player who, like much of Liverpool's team, are looking like the back on top form. And I think he's he's probably got it a bit more difficult this year. I know Simicast has been kind of in and out of the team and pushing him a bit more. And I think that's probably a good thing for Robertson because he was. Literally the only left back Liverpool had yeah. the last couple of seasons. Um, so yeah, it's good to see him kind of raising his game, perhaps to make sure he keeps that spot. Um, but yeah, two two assists in midweek, really really good for Robertson. Mm-hmm. Uh, into the midfield, it's a really good midfield. Um, the one player who just will not get out of this team is Bernardo Silva. <laughs> get out of here. It's, <laughs> it's getting ridiculous like. now. Yeah. A goal in, in week 14, a goal in week 15 as well. Um, two goals. Sorry. His his um, goal in week 14 against Villa was oh, incredible. one of the goals of the season. It so is, far. Yeah, I agree. Beautiful goal. Uh, so yeah, goals galore for Bernardo Silva and just, he just looks unstoppable and looks to be really enjoying his football at the minute, which is Great to see, and unless anyone has any objections when we get to the end, I think he's probably star of the week again this week. Um, and he is probably, well, he's definitely nailed on for the team of the season, probably. And he's a good shout for player of the season as well at this stage. I at think. the minute, yeah. mm. which is crazy considering the path that his City career looked like it was taking. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, was, he wasn't in the season really anymore, so. anymore, was he? Really? Yes. Yeah. And he's coming and being the absolute star of the team. Um, <laughs> in the middle of the park, we have Jordan Henderson, who, again, like I say, with the Liverpool players, all seem to be getting back to their top form. And Henderson arguably looks better than ever for me. I, I've, I've never seen him 
you know, he's always been quite instrumental in the midfield for Liverpool, but he's kind of his attacking play at the he's minute. He's much more dynamic this season mm-hmm. than he has been he's getting in past, assists, well, he's getting goals. recent history. It's it's brilliant. He's a real driving force in that midfield now, and I think he's I think him and Thiago especially are forming a really good partnership I'm f- there. I'm f- in the last month or so I'm finally seeing mm. Thiago. Yeah. For what I the player that we what thought. I've but that not even that I thought that Liverpool are getting that people have said he is for the last ten years. Mm. He's yeah, one of those players that that I it, it it might be a me problem, but I've never watched him and sort of understood the the hype mm. around him. Um, I know because he, he goes quietly about his business and does all the sort of all that kind of yeah, stuff, but but this season I'm actually no again it's because I I obviously don't watch the Bundesliga and the La Liga mm. as religiously as I do the Premier League but I'm finally seeing yeah what what everybody's been talking about for the last 10 years <laughs> so I'm finally on board it's only taken me 10 years those two in that midfield for Liverpool are up there as one of the best partnerships at the minute in the middle of the park definitely yeah um, and alongside him Reese. We'll be very happy. And Nick, you were very happy as well not to spoil fantasy football again, but um, Mason Mount has been Ooh. in brilliant form in the last couple of weeks. Um, he got goals, he got assists in both fixtures of last week. Uh, his goal against West Ham as well was lovely. Only lovely better finish. by Bernardo Silva for one of the goals of the season, yeah. I think. Just brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Lucas Moura, let's not forget. Oh, that was that was also brilliant. To be fair, unreal. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it. I was watching it, and um, as soon as I saw him kind of wriggle past that first defender with a little one-two with Sonny, I thought this this could be something here, you know. And he just—I didn't expect him to ping it like that. But yeah, what a goal! Special shout out to my boy Lucas. He's been my favourite player for Spurs this season. He's the only one who's not given up. At certain points yeah. of the season, I think. Um, I'm afraid he's also one player I've never, I've never understood what mm. his purpose is. <laughs> I, I got it. Yeah, when, when whenever I take over as Spurs on, I don't know FIFA or Football Manager or something, Lucas Moura and oh, he's gone now, but Lamella, mm-hmm. Lamella and Lucas oh, Moura were always, always first, but so. always the two players. Okay. That I was like, right, get out. <laughs> I used to, I used to like pay pay Lamella's wages just to get rid of him. Mm. I like. Him. <laughs> Uh, but no, Lucas Moore, you know, he's never done the, the goals return that you might expect from a player in his position, but his his work rate and his creativity is, is fantastic. Yeah. I think he's he's proven that this season. I think he's probably one of those players that when you watch week in, week out as a fan of the team he plays for, you notice what he does more yeah. so than if you catch the highlights mm-hmm. on YouTube or match that anyway, because he, yeah. Yeah, he's not much of a highlight player really, but no. I suppose if you watch him 90 minutes, well... 60 minutes every week. Then. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, um, and I know Conte wants more from him as well, so hopefully the goals will keep coming. Uh, but anyway, he didn't make the team, so enough about Luke. <laughs> um, <Good. laughs> Big up Mason Mount. And then on, <laughs> yeah, Mason Mount did do very good. Uh, James on the losing side, though, Reese. Um, but... Oh, burn. Yeah, All right, settle fucking down. Jesus Christ. Jay, it's the first time that Spurs have won in forever, <laughs> and like, and he comes back here all flipping. Mate, we're unbeaten in five in the league. You've won three five. in a row. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's all good. There's nothing nothing bad happened this season at all. Um, this week, either. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll it has, because we've had a massive fucking COVID outbreak. We'll, yeah. we'll get to that. <laughs> um, and then rounding out the midfield, did I've got I've had to cheat a little bit. 
he didn't he didn't really play on the left hand side. But Jared Bowen, um, it was brilliant against Chelsea. I'm sure you'd agree, Reed. Oh, uh, yeah. Took his took his goal really well. Could have had probably another couple as well. And he's another player for me this season who really kind of stepped up his game. Probably knocking on the England door as well, I, I think, and, and probably hope as well. It'd be nice to see um, that step up, sure. But I really rate brilliant. him. I think I've I said at yeah. the start of the year, I think I was very excited by him, but he's had a bit of a slow start to the season, mm. and he's just in the last few weeks started to show Exploded, the kind of player that we think he is. I think is he is he scored or assisted in like the last four or five games now or something? Like that, yeah, he's, he's on a really good run. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's probably taken over from Antonio as as West Ham kind of main man at the minute for sure. Um, he also he's... continues a really weird trend of former Hull players going on to be elite Premier League footballers <laughs> like Robertson and Maguire was very good at one point yeah, and now Bowen. Yeah, yeah. yeah fair play. <laughs> um, yeah, really good, really good Bowen. Um, and then up top. We have the familiar face of Mo Salah once again, who, similar to Bernardo Silva, just can't stop scoring and being irrepressible. Team of the week, yeah, he's unstoppable. And I mean, his goal against Everton was his first one. Well, both of them were really good, but his first one. Um, me and you watched that, didn't we, Nick? In fact, uh, yes, we did. Yeah, I mentioned it on last week's right, podcast. So we were just yeah. like, he got the ball forty yards out. Running, I said to Reese on the show, I've 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 never seen anybody run as quickly with the ball at his feet. He, he might he might like trip over the ball sometimes. He maybe not as naturally like skillful, and he looks sometimes he looks sometimes that he gets where he gets through look rather than skill. Like he bumbles through a few defenders and stuff. Mm. But running with the ball at his feet, I've never seen. He doesn't you uh, lose a single yard of his pace no. when he's running with to the ball at, at his feet, which is mental. Without even stopping. To just yeah. finesse it into that bottom corner. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, obviously, um, yeah, unbelievable. And then he obviously got the assist um, at the weekend for, for Liverpool, which was again, a, which again is that sort of it, that tricky play that you don't really mm. sort of re- that looks like he's kind of fumbled his way through it, mm. but then when you actually watch it on the replay, it's like that was actually really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Play up for Dibbuk once again. Who continue? He's, he's an absolute phenomenon, isn't he? He's, I don't know what I'd... Uh, his career is fascinating. I think yeah. Klopp said, um, was it this week, that if nobody writes a book about Dibbuk Origi's Liverpool career, he'll do it himself. Because <laughs> it's like... He, well, he just really pops up interview. at the most mental times to score like some of the biggest goals in Liverpool's Huge history and then, and then disappears for six months <laughs> until he does it again. I think um, Klopp said in the interview after the game as well, that I don't know if it was hinting at Dybbuk to leave the club or what, but he was like, I hope that one day a club gives him like more time, more playing time than I do. Mm, than I can. Like, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, which I get, because obviously he's got an absolute wealth of attacking threat, but I think I think Dybbuk is probably quite happy to just stay at Liverpool, win trophies and is score he, five the a new season or whatever. Is he the the Premier League? Well, he's kind of like not super as, not quite as prolific, is he? But no. Yeah, yeah, probably. You just if you need a late goal or you need something, he's there. Divic, Divic will arrive all the same. <laughs> he's <laughs> um, He is. He is. Um, and then rounding out the team, another Spurs player. Two Spurs players this week. It's been a while since. Well, it helps when I've you play Norwich, doesn't it? It does. Yes, along came Norwich. Um, 
Young Min Son, um, not just for the Norwich game, but also scored uh, against Brentford in midweek as well, rounded out a really nice um, counter-attack. And then, obviously, uh, against Norwich, um, goal and an assist against Norwich. Cracking, uh, really good couple of results. And Sonny looks to be alive and well once again after looking like Nuno nearly killed him um, <laughs> to be miserable. Like Even the most smiley, happy person seemed to be depressed at the start of the season but um, no, he's firmly back and hopefully you can give Kane a bit of a push and, and get him drag him up to his level as well but you know this well is, he needs to he needs to drag he needs to push and drag Kane up to his level never mind the that's way around I, well yeah yeah that's yeah. what I mean yeah oh is yeah, that what you meant sorry Kane, yeah, yeah yeah get Kane back on, on form and... no it's good to see Sonny back in form he's I've said it before and I think it's still true I think I think he's more important to Tottenham than Kane actually is, to be honest. I think Son can play without Kane and still perform, but I don't think Kane can play without Son and mm. still perform, to be honest. Mm. At Tottenham, anyway, we can't bring him, obviously. But, um, yeah, I'd always, if I had to put money on it, I'd always back Sonny over Kane to perform on a, on a given day, to be honest. So it's good to see good. him back in form and in the team of the week. I'm sure he'll be... Uh, this run will continue for the rest of the well, season. Yeah. Well, who knows when Spurs will ever play a game again? Exactly. Um, because, yes. as you hinted at there, this week there's been a bit of a, a bit of a story circling around Spurs that they've had a COVID outbreak. As we just started recording this, there, um, what's it called? European Com- Europa Conference League mm-hmm. thing. Um, that fixture against uh, Stad Rene has been postponed um so so that's not happening tomorrow uh as we, as we call this thursday uh after the stad Rene team arrived at heathrow airport 30, 30 minutes later they were told their game was going to be postponed so that's not happening saying, on thursday i saw a tweet saying lad keep the plane running you're not you're yeah. not, <laughs> you're not sticking around yeah. uh yeah and so and there's already been reports that they how are going to if they haven't already put a request into the Premier League to mm-hmm. postpone their game um, at the weekend against uh, Brighton. Brighton? Is it? Yeah, uh, away at Brighton. Yeah. So I don't quite know how many or who have been affected. I think I saw today. I thought I saw today. I think it was eight have tested positive of and five are. Um, isolating like it, like it when you have to isolate when you're in contact with somebody, yeah. But there's eight positive cases. Uh, there was rumours about Norwich today as well because obviously Norwich played Spurs um mm. at the weekend, um, and Norwich were doing their round of testing today post. Uh, I think you only have to do it once a week in the Premier League, um, and so we're going to wait to see what if that if it turns out there's a few cases in the Norwich camp as well, then that might mm. um, throw that into doubt. But we'll have to see. And yeah, I, I, as it stands at the minute, I'd be surprised if the Spurs game went ahead on Sunday. If they're cancelling yeah. the game on Thursday today, then I don't know. I think there's probably fair grounds to susp- uh, postpone it. I should say rather than suspend it. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got that obviously that Burnley fixture. <laughs> to play uh, from the snow from the snow weekend and then you'll have that um, weird conference unless you can have you already qualified 
for that. Oh god, no. No. We're, oh uh, no, you've been but you've been binning it off, haven't yeah, you? We're gonna, to, yeah. we're gonna have to fight, stay in that competition. So you're gonna have to squeeze to. that in. Yeah, you're gonna have to squeeze that in really soon, obviously, because the next phase of that will have to start after Christmas. So that's gonna be, have to be played in the next ten days or so at some point. Mm-hmm. So really interesting situation at Spurs and um, obviously we hope everybody affected gets uh, makes a full recovery because there's been mm-hmm. A few instances in the Premier League with players, I think uh, that long COVID has been an issue for some of them. So uh, we hope that obviously doesn't come to pass here. Um, you didn't get an opportunity, Jake, because it was just me and Reese here. So I asked Reese how his uh, he thought his uh, Chelsea season had gone so far out of score out of mm-hmm. 10. Just briefly, um, taking into account... Um, both obviously the the new no and and now what's happening under Conte as we're about out to enter the really really uh, busy busy season where you got like six games in the next twenty mm. days. Uh, how would you score Spurs' season so far? Uh, it's a tricky one because obviously we've had a lot of negatives. Are we just talking about the league or? Yeah, yeah no, mm-hmm. literally nobody cares about the European yeah. <laughs> Conference League. Even Spurs <laughs> don't. No, I think we do have to go out with that competition. Yeah, it feels like it's not been a great season, but then in reality, with the game in hand, we could we could easily be fourth in the league if we if we'd have played Burnley and beat them, which we should, then we'd be we'd be in the top four. Um, so I'd probably say like a seven for now out mm-hmm. of ten. I think we we we've got ourselves right back on track. We've got a really good chance now that we've got you know the teams looking more threatening and, and obviously running more and doing all the things that you'd expect from any football team really but um, yeah I think we're back on track I'm excited about the January transfer window and see what that which brings. apparently is going to be quite busy there was a report where was that was that yeah. in the Athletic as well yeah, where Pantici said he's um, 10 players both 10 in players. not combined in and out not each no yeah 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 yeah, yeah. combined in and out which is is promising on either side, to be honest. Even if it's you know five and five, there is definitely players that need to leave this football club, as I've said religiously every week, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, to see some players come in and some come out under Conte's kind of supervision and kind of teaching, obviously, will be really exciting to see Conte put his own stamp on the team. So if we have a good January and we get through this busy period and keep picking up the results like we have been recently, um, we've got a, a fairly Decent running uh, for the next few games, all being well, but that doesn't look like to be the case. But um, yeah, I think we're we're in a promising position. I think we're back in the hunt for fourth place, which is the main thing. Good, good. Uh, right. So, apart from Spurs's um, COVID situation, there's not been a lot of news in the Premier for the first time in what feels like weeks. Mm. There's not been a a sacking or a some kind of drama. Um, so we'll crack straight in then, I suppose, to the previews and allow ourselves a bit longer to chat about the games because mm-hmm. we've got some uh, midweek games as well that you might want to feature in your um, in in what you've got to say about the fixtures. But uh, to keep you two and the listeners up to date with how our predictions for the season are going to date, um, the reason I'm afraid to report, it's bad news. Mm. There it... <laughs> <laughs> There is a gap opening up oh, at no. the bottom, a considerable gap. 
you are in third place on 75 points. Uh, I am in second place on 85 points. Oh, There's a 10-point wow. gap to make wow. up. And Jake, you are in first place just ahead of me on 87 points. I'm just uh, I'm too optimistic in my predictions. I want just all the goals all the time. Because it's the best kind got... of football, isn't it? It is, but that's not the that's not the name of the game. <laughs> that's not the game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm that afraid. reminds me of um, when I when I first ever did fantasy football. I was probably I was really young, and it was my auntie who told me about it. Weirdly, and is she, she a big fantasy football footballer? No, not at all. But she just said, "Oh, you might be interested in doing this." She like you pick a team and blah blah. So I, I can't remember how old I was. I was in primary school. I must have been like ten or something. I knew a little bit about football. And I just literally picked all the players that I just liked the most. Didn't know. Like, I think I picked like Derby's goalkeeper at the time. I can't remember. Maybe Mark Poom or something. Oh, what a... Mark like Poom. For some reason. Not a blast from the past. Picked this team that was all just players that I liked that weren't actually that good or even played very often and did terribly. So, sounds like what I'm doing this season, really. <laughs> no, it's just a slight, yeah, slightly more evolved and fin- uh, finessed version. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but to kick off the game week sixteen previews, uh, Friday night football is back. Oh, uh, and what fun, yes. <laughs> and what a what a great fixture um, to uh, bring in the weekend. Brentford are hosting Watford. <laughs> oh, God, it's so exciting! You sure it's the championship? It. Are you sure? Oh god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. very maybe that, very much possibly next year. <laughs> yeah. But Jake, the everybody's got home from work on a Friday after a long week. Everyone's going to put their mm. feet up with a curry and a and a drink of whatever your chosen uh, beverage is. Yes, yeah, and uh, they're going to sit down and they're going to watch the football classic. This classic that is Brentford versus Watford, and what mm. do we need to look out for? You know, you say, we say this, but I do. It's actually a huge game. This one, um, it could prove to be very important come the end of the season. Obviously, with the two teams we've got here struggling for consistency, probably just about performing above what we would expect at this stage, but definitely at risk. Um, so it's it's kind of a six pointer, really. I think you know Brentford particularly will be disappointed about dropping the points at Leeds um, in the, at the weekend in the ninety fifth minute. Watford against um, Chelsea were probably a little bit unlucky to not get anything from that game. Um, But they were comprehensively beaten by City, as we discussed earlier. Um, I think what we'll we'll see here is obviously both teams will be desperate to win. But I think more than anything, both teams will be desperate not to lose more than anything. Um, But I, I do think it will be a decent match, potentially. You know, the these teams are, as we say, inconsistent, so anything could happen. And they've, they've both got goals in them, Watford especially, and Brentford are pretty decent at the back, but Watford aren't great at the back. So there's there's potential for goals there, definitely. Um, I think it'll be really, really scrappy, really kind of... I think it will be quite a passionate, fiery game. As I say, it means a hell of a lot to both these teams, uh, but I think... I think the desire not to lose will win out in the end and we'll see a 1-1 draw. 1-1. Reese, what are you going for? Yeah, it's tricky. I do. I agree with what you said. I think it's massive for both of them. And I think Watford in particular, they've just come through like a shockingly tough run of fixtures, playing like 
Man City, Chelsea, Man U, Arsenal in the space of five games, and Leicester as well. Like that mm. is, they had to just kind of survive that run. And now they've looking forward. They've got Brentford, Burnley, Watford, and Wolves in the next four. Like those are the games that they're going to be looking at. Thinking we've got to pick up, like you know, eight nine points out of twelve in the next few weeks, few games even. Um, and I think Watford they were very deserving of pointing as Chelsea you know in that game they played really well and they, they had the perfect game plan for it and I think Brentford have like you said struggled for being consistent so I'm leaning towards Watford and I think I might go for a 2-1 Watford win interesting um I think this is exactly the kind of game that Watford needs somebody like Ismail Assar and he's not going to be available for at least the next well, I think the last it was left as um before the last round of fixtures was that uh, it would need a scan in a month's time to actually see what the situation maybe a bit like Ben Chilwell's situation where we're gonna see how it settles and then we're gonna scan it again in X amount of weeks' time and actually see what the situation is. So he's gonna miss this upcoming run of um festive games, which is a real big miss for Watford because because they they need those type of those players teams down that bottom end of the table need players like Saar. But in his absence, uh, they've had obviously players like Dennis has stepped forward in recent weeks and looks really good. Chucho Hernandez is somebody they've had on their books for a few years now, but he's never really played. I think he had work permit issues uh, earlier in his career, uh, but they're both stepping up and um, and providing goals that they need to. As has always been the case with Watford, their it's their back line, it's their defensive record that is their problem. Um, they conceded the second most amount, third most amount of goals in the league. Sorry, uh, behind Newcastle, ahead of Newcastle and Norwich and Watford, they conceded twenty nine, thirteen, thirty one, respectively. Um, so that is the issue with them. Always has been. They're quite entertaining going forward, but I feel like that gung that gung ho attitude that they have is. Against a team like it's it's okay doing that against a team like City or Chelsea or or Leicester as they did previously because like those are the games you're not expected to get anything from. So if you just go at a City and you manage to grab a goal or grab two goals and can somehow keep them at bay, but in a game like this at Brentford, you need to be solid defensively, and I I don't think they are. So I'm going to go for a two nil Brentford win. Which is um, a bit a bit upsetting to me, but um, because yeah, I don't like Brentford very much. Uh, moving on to um, Saturday's fixtures: Man City are hosting Wolves in the lunchtime kickoff for twelve thirty. Um, Man City, when you look at their Premier League form, they've won the last five in a row, and you think everything's all fine and dandy at City, but I'm not sure that it is. Mm. I don't know if you two have a similar vibe. Um, they haven't kept a clean sheet in five games in all competitions. They're coming off the back of a, a, a real sort of no-show against Leipzig in the Champions League yesterday, as we recorded in this Tuesday night, where Pep was very unhappy uh, with a lot of went, what went on in there. And Kyle Walker had his um, classic uh, heads-gone moment, as he normally does, a couple of times, at least a couple of times a season. But... As sort of, they don't look dodgy, but I don't think they look unbeatable at the minute, which is issue. But they do have such quality on the ball, and when they're in the possession of it, I know De Bruyne has been 
um, in and out of the season with injury issues and stuff. He nearly was, was fit enough for the bench in the last Premier League game. But when you've got the likes of Foden playing the way he is, and we've mentioned his name before, but Bernardo Silva is just playing like an absolute freak at the minute. Um <laughs> So I, I I can never bet they're in what they're in that sort of richer vein of form that you can't bet against them no matter how sort of unconvinced you are that mm. yeah I I remain unconvinced that everything is as 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 rosy as it appears. Uh, Wolves I tipped them to get absolutely battered by Liverpool last weekend but they didn't in classic Wolves fashion they're really really solid defensively. That game, um, that game annoyed me so much by the way with the Liverpool Wolves yeah. One. <laughs> Fucking it, well, yeah, because last minute, well, he's, he's inevitable. <laughs> yeah, uh, but again, this is a situation where Wolves, they're just not, as solid as they might be, they're just not going to have enough to stick with or keep City out. So I'm going for a 2-0 Man City win on this one. Uh, who wants to go first? I'm going to jump in. I'm, I'm going to go for the exact same score. I think Wolves, they don't score goals. I think, as if I'm right in saying they're they like don't the second score lowest scoring team in the league behind Newcastle, uh, Norwich, sorry. They have only scored 12 goals, yeah, which is, which is the second worst. Yeah, and yeah, They've only conceded 13, which is a, a very good record. Well, it's it's like the fourth best defence. Yeah. yeah, but they've had issues going forward all season, and they're not going to beat that against Man City, who have now as good a defence as Chelsea do in the Premier League, only because he had nine goals all season. So I can't see Wolves breaking that run on Saturday. I'm also going to go with a 2-0 win. Finn, Matty. Jake. I also have 2-0. <laughs> oh, full house. Well. <laughs> We've had a few um, of those in recent weeks. Where we're yeah, yeah. I think... Um, I know what you mean about City. I, I, I was thinking before, I can't remember the last time they kept the sheet, really, but um, if they're going to do it, I think it will be against Wolves. I think A, Pep is probably sick of them conceding goals and will make sure that's drilled out of them. And B, like you said, Wolves aren't, aren't the most prolific in front of goal. And I think City will definitely have enough to comfortably keep them at bay, especially at home. And I think I don't think they'll set the world alight, City. I don't think they'll need to. I think a, a comfortable 2-0 win is, is probably what I can see them doing. Good. All in agreement. Uh, right, Reese. Hello. Now is your time to talk about the boys. Yes. I've written. Uh, let me just check my notes here. I've they're written, hosting Leeds at three o'clock on Saturday. I've written 300 words about the Chelsea Leeds. Oh. 300 oh, words here. This is I'll get. I'll lean back and get comfortable. <laughs> so <laughs> I mentioned it earlier. So Chelsea, for a while, they seemed absolutely unbeatable. Um, back in the grand old days of your, of November 23rd, when they beat Juventus cool. 4-0. A um, lifetime ago. Yeah, it was. feels like, well, I mean, in the world of <laughs> the UK now, it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, but Chelsea have since then hit a pretty, not terrible, but by their standards, a bad run of form, where they were poor against a team against United, who they should have beaten at that time, because that was the pre-Ralph Rangnick era. They were mm-hmm. very lucky to get a win against Watford. Um, they were poor against West Ham. And you could argue they should have probably drawn that 2-2. They lost to a very unfortunate cross shot from Masuaku. Um, was it Masuaku who scored it? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. His um, first Premier League goal. Exactly. That that's an an along came Chelsea thing, by the way, is that t people score their first goal for a club or wherever against Chelsea yeah. all the time. Um, yeah, and then tonight tonight they were unlucky not to win against Zenit. They went up three two after fighting back from two one down. 
but like I mentioned earlier about Tuchel saying that they played to to win to win the result rather than play to win the game with a performance. They conceded a and admittedly a screamer from to the edge of the area, like a, a volley into the top corner, which meant we lost um, two points and we finished second in the group behind Juventus. So all that hard work of beating Juventus was pointless. Mm, for nothing. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's really frustrating. Chelsea at the minute, they're not the same side they were this time last month. They are admittedly ravaged by injury. Tonight, our starting midfield was Reese James and Ross Barkley. Um, to give you a bit of insight of what the midfield's like. We are currently without Jorginho and Kante for at least this weekend, if not longer. Kovacic, you've been out for a long time. He's got COVID, so he now is out for 10 days. So he's missing until probably, what, the 18th, 19th of December. The mm. defence, the Chelsea, well, Loftus-Cheek Loft- Loft- as well, where they got injured in the warm-up tonight, so he's also out for some indefinite amount of time. Loftus-Cheek's out injured, you yeah, surprised me. No way. Yeah, so that's it's a, <laughs> it, that midfield is a concerning area for Chelsea, and you've also got a question: Where has the Chelsea defence gone? So since they beat Juve four nil, they've conceded eight goals in four games. Didn't concede more than one in a game until West Ham, and now they've done it twice, where they've conceded three goals in two games in a row. It's not a very Tuchel Chelsea team, and it feels like I think Tuchel said it himself that the focus seems to have been lost. After such a good run of wins and performances that finished with that Juventus game, mm. this Christmas period is just vital if you want to stage a proper title challenge because there's so many games in such a short space of time. Every win is crucial. And before you know it, if you lose a couple, you are seven points behind first place. Yeah, And that is vital that Chelsea can get back into some sort of run of form. Um, the only good thing that Chelsea have at the minute is that they have Lukaku back. And they have Werner back, who scored twice today and assisted one. Had his best game of Chelsea in his entire career, I think, tonight. We really are in the end times. Yeah, that, so it's... That comet that's headed for Earth, apparently, <laughs> later this week. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's barking Werner's form, um, <laughs> which is a concern. So Chelsea need to sort their ideas out. And Tuchel knows what he's doing. He's going to try and get the team back playing properly. At the weekend, we will have... you know Tonight, we started a defence of Christensen, Malang, Saar and Azpilicueta. Whereas at the weekend we will have Thiago Silva, Rudiger, and Christensen at the back, which is infinitely more, you know, defensive. How did Saar? How did Saar play? Um, not good. <laughs> <laughs> He's had a few good performances, um, mainly in the Carabao Cup, and he did play quite well against Brentford when we scraped that one 0 win a few weeks ago. Um, but apart from that, he's just he's. You know, very much the sixth choice centre back. You know, Chelsea. Yeah, he's just a he's just a name I know through years and years of playing football manager. Yeah. He's always been he's always been like a not a rising as, star, a, a rising star kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. one of the kids. So yeah, yeah, inter- interesting to see how he's getting on. Yeah, well, Leeds. Meanwhile, they're firmly still Leeds. Uh, they have very inconsistent form as they have in all season. They feel like they can't string two regular performances together. They either draw, then win, or win, then lose, and then lose, then draw. Like it's always just up and down with them. Um, but the, they have good news for them in that Bamford is back, and he came back uh, with that very exciting thing. I did kind of, whoa, when he scored the 95th minute equaliser against Brentford. His celebration was... What was, what was that you did, Reed? <laughs> it was It was just a good moment, because I rate Bamford. I think he was he's a Chelsea youth product, obviously, and they were high hopes for him. Um, but he just never made it in the Premier League until last year at Leeds. Um, and he's he's a talented player, he's a good finisher. And it was, you know, any time a player celebrates by re- wheeling away 
takes his shirt off, spinning it in the air. Like, that's always a good moment for any kind of football fan to enjoy. And he is the spark of that team. If they're going to get anything from this season, because they are in, not in free fall, but they're in danger of falling into a real relegation scrap this year, he is going to be the player they need to keep fit and keep healthy to keep them in the Premier League. Um, but I am I am tense by this game, not just because of the recent run of form Chelsea have had, but Chelsea Leeds is a bit of a historic rivalry way back from my yeah. dad's youth, like, you know, the 1970 FA Cup final, which I've yeah. watched countless times. And I also checked the head-to-head. Leeds have actually got more wins against Chelsea than Chelsea have against Leeds. Leeds have mm. got 39 wins to Chelsea's 35 with 30 draws. So mm. it might be an, a good game for Leeds to pick up a surprise point or two in this one. Um, just because they've got their main man back and Chelsea are not the team that we expect, you know, we know they can be at the minute. So it's a tricky one. I'm going to keep a faith with Chelsea that they can pull out a win because we just need to the three points here. We need the, the win. The performance, I don't care. It's the, as long as we get three points, it's all that matters. And I'm going to go for a hopeful 2-1 Chelsea win. I've also gone for a Chelsea 2-1 win. Uh, Have you done that as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least it means Reese isn't going to be closing the gap anytime soon. Oh, that's, that's if we're going for, if we're going for the same him score. Out tactically. <laughs> <laughs> just shielding the ball out for a goal kick all the time now. Yeah, just gonna, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've just looked at uh, Leeds's upcoming fixtures before Boxing Day, and good grief. They are away at Chelsea, away at City, at home to Arsenal, and away at Liverpool. Oh, my words. That's, that's, wow. that's and then they've got rough. Villa, who are the form team in the league at the minute. Yeah, that is rough. And then they got West Ham back-to-back in January. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a busy old time for Leeds. And like you said, at the top of the league as well, it's the same goes for the bottom when there's yeah. people, teams around you scrapping for points. Like, if they go through this run of games and... And don't pick anything up. They could soon find themselves. Because I, I've been under the impression that whilst they haven't been able to string results together, that performances for Leeds in the last, um, well, that, since the Spurs game, the the Brighton draw, they weren't great, but they looked much more solid. And then they were good against Palace, and it and probably deserved something from the game. But obviously, it took a last minute penalty, so take that for what it's worth. But it's a they're a bit more stable than they have been. Yeah. Um, at the, they were, the they were pretty good months. against Tottenham, to be fair. Especially yeah. So. Yeah, so I was under the impression that they're kind not back to the way what they were last year anywhere anything close, but they're showing yeah starting to be something there. But I don't know that run of fixtures that could knock them for knock them for six, and well, it's up for the teams around them to take advantage of that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Jake, did you want to add anything on that game? Stole Uh... the limelight by guessing the scores, but (laughs) no, not not really. No, I think it's um, I think like you said, Reese, and and probably you as well, Nick there. Leeds have got a bit more life in them. They've probably got a bit more of a threat if, if Bamford's back. Obviously, the Fiennes doing really good. I think they'll give Chelsea a little scare, but I do think Chelsea will, will do enough to get the result. They can't They can't drop points again. No, they, they need to That's win awesome. this, like you said, Reese. So I think they'll make sure of that. Um, the next of the three o'clock kickoffs, and I bet all the TV companies are absolutely ruining the fact that they didn't put this on to on Saturday evening or Sunday. Um. I'm surprised actually that I've not absolutely drowned in content in <laughs> on the Athletic or on the BBC Sport website or on Sky Sports News uh, of Gerard's return to Anfield at three o'clock on Saturday as Liverpool host Villa. I thought, yeah, as I said by this point, I'd have 
wanted to just turn the internet off and never hear about football ever again. Uh, but it's been quite quiet, quite subdued. Mm. Uh, I'm waiting for it to kick into gear in the next couple of days. But uh, Jake, Liverpool versus Villa. This is this is big time in terms is of narr- narratives, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it is, and I think um, it's always exciting stuff like this. Um, but I mean, Liverpool are well and truly firing on. I know they lost the game to West Ham, and I think since then they've really kind of. Got well, they just shook that off straight away and got back to the, the form that we've seen them in for the rest of the season. And they're, they're properly firing on all cylinders, but really dangerous. Um, and they've and they've tightened up at the back again as well. You know, they, they don't seem to be really conceded. I know they conceded against Everton the, the, the goal um, in the first half, but after that, they just shut everything out completely. Um, so Liverpool are obviously the favourites for this fixture. Uh, but Villa have been really impressive under Gerard. The the first is it four games now we've had? Uh three, I think. Beat Bright beat Palace, beat Brighton. One more. Four. This is four. Oh maybe City as well. Yeah, I was forgetting the City oh, yeah, game. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um so yeah, really good really good start. Early days, but Gerard really seems to have reignited Villa and got got the players playing for him really quickly, which we knew he would because he's obviously got that kind of instant respect. In the dressing room, um, so it'll be a it'll be a passionate affair. This one, obviously, like there's going to be a lot of emotion going around, um, but I don't think it'll be passionate as in like a fiery game or anything. I can't see it being that. I think it'll be quite a, a you know a, a tame fixture in that respect. And I think the the big deciding factor for me is Klopp and Liverpool will not let sentiment get in the way of what they're doing. Oh no! Uh, like I don't even know way. if. I think had Gerard left by the time Klopp came in, or did they have like half a season together? I can't remember. But either way, like, left. yeah, there's no obviously Klopp will understand the legend of Steven Gerrard at Liverpool, yeah. but there's no. But he will not give a shit. There's not too much. Of a put, yeah, if it's no, three points or be nice to Steven Gerrard, he's going to go for three points. And all the is. So I think I think before the game and after the game, it's going to be really nice and, and lots of like I said, lots of emotion on show. But I think I think Liverpool have got too much. They're not going to feel um, threatened by the presence of Gerard on the sidelines. I think it'll be a really good game. I do. I think there'll be. I think there'll be goals in this one. Uh, Villa have definitely got goals in them now, which is good to see. Liverpool definitely have. Um, Liverpool's goal difference is disgusting. Yeah, all all the top three's goal difference is just mental, isn't it? Like the all in like plus thirty and the rest mm-hmm. are minor. Um. So. Yeah, I think an exciting game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for. I think both teams will score. I think I'm, I'm gonna go for a three-one Liverpool. Oh no! <laughs> I've gone for three-one as well. <laughs> Reese, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, I've gone purely what... based on form. This is where you. This is where you get your. Res, you the get perfect two points. Yeah. I'm going for a two-one Liverpool win rather than three-one, yeah, okay, just okay. because every Villa, every Villa game this year has had either has been two-one apart from the first one. Uh, <laughs> I think Liverpool are going to be a bit overwhelmed by the the amount of noise that Gerard will have from the fans at first. I think that will play into it because Gerard is obviously he's their prodigal son. Um, in that city, and I think Villa, like you said, Jake, they're really they are fighting for Gerard. They're playing mm. way better than they did under Dean Smith, and they are 
good value for the points they've won over the last four games. They've got nine out of 12. Like, you can't deny that. They need to work on the defence because, you know, winning games 2-1 is good because you get three points. But against Team Liverpool, conceding one goal is going to lead to two or three. So you've got to keep it as tight as you can. Um, but I think Villa will grow into the game and they will give Liverpool some scare because while Liverpool have been scoring for fun, they haven't been as solid defensively this year um, as the previous years. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 Liverpool win rather than 2-0, rather than 3-1, sorry. Yeah. No, that's fair. I say Liverpool do seem to be scoring goals for fun. Apart from against Wolves, that's what Wolves did so yeah. well. And you made a really good point there that if you concede to Liverpool, it it's not just one goal. It soon becomes mm. two or three because then you have to then go and chase the game. Exactly. And that's where they just tear you apart on the counter-attack. Liverpool's counter-attack is the most... One of the most terrifying thing in sports. It's <laughs> unbelievable. When you've got Salah and Mane and Yotta breaking down a lot, I don't know how you stop that. So the key to this for, for Villa is to go quiet in the crowd. Um, I don't, I, it's, it's always a weird situation when a legend returns to their old former stomping ground because, like, you want to, if you're a Liverpool fan, um, you obviously want to give Ger- Gerard the send off that he deserved because I don't think he really ever. Because he left in the summer, and mm, it's, I can't it's, remember his, his last his, his last career. his last game at Liverpool was like they lost six one away at Stoke or something. Um, it was it was definitely as it was with five or six one. He scored, but yeah, lost five or six one against Stoke. Um, and yeah, so you want to welcome him back because he didn't get the yeah didn't get the whole the parade of leaving when he left. But then you don't want to do that prior to the game because you don't want to like galvanize him or, uh, like you said, Reese, upset your own players by thinking, well, why are they? Che-? I know it's Gerard, but why are you cheering on the opposition manager and stuff? It's so I th- I, and like yeah, it's a weird balancing act. And I always think, if possible, it's trying best to leave those things until after the game because I'm sure, regardless of the result, Gerard will take an applaud applause from the all forced corner to the ground after the game. Yeah. So, like, I if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be tempted to just give him a quick, quick boo for ninety minutes, and then once <laughs> it's all, and once you picked up your three points, then you can say, "Oh, cheers, Steve." Yeah, right, <laughs> nice one. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I'd be more tempted. I when you're you've got to make your home your home stadium as hostile as possible, no matter who's coming to who's coming to town. Uh, but we'll see. I think I think I may be tempted to to um watch that game very eagerly on my computer uh, <laughs> and, 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 and soak it all in um, yeah I'm, I'm going to stay away from it personally I'm just mute the commentary yeah. Yeah. I'm not watching mm. I'm tempted I, I, I live for the narratives uh, good uh, right the final of the three o'clock Saturday kickoffs is Arsenal versus Southampton Arsenal are a weird 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 team <laughs> really weird like I've thought for weeks that I was like, oh, Arteta's actually got, knows what he's doing. He's got this under control and yeah. Arsenal, Arsenal are sort of kind of back, but not obviously back, back to uh, unbeatables and whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like relative to the last 10 years. And then I actually look at their recent results and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, they're, they're not back at all. I'm looking at who Arsenal have beaten this season. They beat Norwich. They beat Spurs when Spurs were absolutely dog shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've beaten Watford. They've beaten Newcastle. They've beaten Villa when Villa were in their really terrible spell. They've beaten Leicester, who have been... But, like, they've not 
beaten anybody good. Whenever they've had to play somebody who's kind of like half competent this season, they haven't won. Oh, I haven't done anything. Against Everton in, on Monday night, I think they were a little bit unfortunate. I think they I don't think they deserve to lose that game. I think what? a draw They considered dr- like four offside goals or something, didn't they? I they did. Yeah, they did. But <laughs> but like and one like, of one of them was only because Richarlison's got big feet. Exactly. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> but Arsenal Arst- were the better team and they were in that second half, they were completely shit housing the game. Like their game management was really good, and then again, they just lost their minds as uh, teams have done at Goodison Park this season. Either that being Everton or somebody else that they're playing against um, Villa when they went there early in the season, capitulated in the uh, in the second. Was it Villa? Somebody went there in the second half uh, in early in the season. The second half capitulated. So. Um, Southampton present an interesting uh, matchup for Arsenal. If we're going by form book for the season, this is the kind of game they should win. It's a team in the bottom half of the table who haven't won in four games in the Premier League, who are struggling to score goals. They've got only scored 14, which is down there. Say Wolves and Norwich have scored 12 and 8. Uh, and then it's Southampton have scored 14. So they're not, um, they're not exactly... Yeah, not blowing teams out of the water. Their run of form, as I said, not one in four, including a loss to Norwich in that as well. And they got pumped by Liverpool where they did that weird formation change and that didn't really work. Um, So, sticking by form, I think I'm going to have, and and what they that what Arsenal do this season, I'm going to have to say this is going to be an Arsenal win, but I don't feel very happy about it. By <laughs> like, I don't feel confident in my <laughs> assertion. But I'm gonna to have to go for a two nil Arsenal win. Jake, uh, I dis- I disagree. Um, <laughs> we've we've differed for once. Um, yeah, I think I think like you say on in terms of where they are on the table and stuff, Arsenal have got to win this one surely. But um, like you say, we I don't know what Arsenal are doing. I don't know what their kind of philosophy is and identity is. I don't really know what. I don't think they know what it is either. Like one week they turn up and comprehensively beat a team, the next team, the next week they struggle. So I think Southampton are exactly the kind of team that will will fancy it against Arsenal. I think they're probably set up quite well to deal with Arsenal. You know, Southampton have definitely improved defensively, um, and I think Arsenal will find that quite frustrating. And they they don't really. I say they haven't got the players to unlock a defence. They have, but it's not always effective. I mean, like Aubameyang and Lacazette aren't doing anything. Smith Rowe and Erdegaard are, are doing all right, and Saka can can unlock a defence as well. But it, again, they're quite inconsistent. Um, so I think it, I think I think Southampton will be able to keep them at bay. I don't think they'll. Lo- I don't think Southampton will win the game, but Southampton do look fairly. Interesting going forward now as well, which is good. You know, Bro has looking good, and Che Adams is hitting form as well. So I think it'll be quite an evenly matched game. I think I'm going for one all draw. One oh, no. all. Yeah, I feel like I have no, I have no stats to back this up at all. But Arsenal versus Southampton seems like a game that Arsenal slip on, slip up on at home. Like or have done a lot of times in the recent history. It just it's a game that screams out to me that they've 
that's a fixture they've not enjoyed in recent. I don't know. Mm. There's just something stuck in my mind. Uh, Reese, what are you going quick. for? Oh, um, um, yeah. I've just had a quick look, and it's very. You I mean you're not far off, Nick? Actually, in the last like say what six games, it's been um, Arsenal win, Southampton win, draw. Uh, Arsenal win, draw. Arsenal win. Like it's a bit. Sounds like Henry the Eighth. <laughs> yeah, yeah it is so i mean yeah you went far off that um i i don't know i think i think you're a bit harsh on arsenal yes i i understand that you know they've beaten who they've beaten they they crap against the, the crap to their good teams um but you have to consider as well they've also scored seven goals in three games they the game that me and you watched nick on when we recorded last week was actually very mm. entertaining and they mm. kept pace with united who had a point to prove um, to try to kind of prove that they are still the Man U team that people know. Um, and Arsenal kept pace of them. And they lost to a penalty you know, with five minutes to go. Like, you can't legislate for that, really. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they lost to Everton, which was a terrible result for Arsenal because Everton, as we know, are shite. Um, yes. So great that goal, is... Oh, ama- amazing win, everyone. Don't worry, great, to be fair. Love that kind of goal. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think Arsenal will kind of right the ship uh, this week they will kind of return into the win column, um, and I think they're going to pull out probably a two-one win. I think Southampton will. I think, like you said, Jake, they'll give them the game, but I think Arsenal will just have a bit too much going forward for them with people like Smith Rowe and Odegaard um, to give them the the two-goal two-one victory for me. Uh, yeah, Smith Rowe didn't start against. Um... Against yeah, Everton, uh, I just looked it up here, and he's he's listed as having a groin slash hip slash pelvic injury. Ooh, so nobody, <laughs> just the entire bottom half <laughs> of his body. His body <laughs> um, so um, I don't think he's been given a, a sort of status for this weekend. I think they're going to see how they can manage his his, his pain and stuff. So, but he'll be a big miss for them if he's out for any period of time because he's, I say, he's been one of the contenders for young player of the season so far. Mm. I think. Um, last of the Saturday games, the evening kickoff, five thirty on Sky is my boys Norwich City are hosting Man United, <laughs> the new look Man United, um, who, as we speak, are seeing out an entertaining one all draw at home to Young Boys. Um, if has the two has just finished has it yeah, if the two of you want to feel terribly terribly old which i just did when i read this um robbie savage's son has just made mm, his man united debut what really okay. yeah oh my god so he came on his uh 80 something minutes so they've got they've got uh phil neville's son in there as well haven't they has he got a ridiculous name like his granddad neville no neville, i think he's called Har- harvey i think it is oh, oh yes it is yeah yeah i've uh I'm speaking a lot about football manager. And I've uh, I've signed him on previous football man- editions of oh, football manager <laughs> in the lower leagues. Yes, um, but uh, as I said, new look Man United. This is uh, Ralph Rangnick's second Premier League game in charge of Man United. Um, I think it's fair to assume at this point that he'll be sticking with his four two 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 formation, however many twos that is formation. Um, which Reese, I know you utilise on FIFA. Quite I do. A bit. Big fan of it. Um, big fan, and Ranjik is a big fan as well. Uh, there was an interesting breakdown that Neville did on um, Monday Night Football about defensive shape, which is something United had just not had this season, um, and how they create a box between the two centre backs and the two midfielders, and um, without the ball, so whenever you cannot be broken on 
So when Liverpool went to Man- uh, Old Trafford and absolutely ripped them apart on the counter attack, that didn't exist in 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 their defensive setup. Mm-hmm. Whereas when, if you've got that solid two defensive centre backs, so you two holding midfielders in front of it, no team can break on that. Um, and Norwich are going to have to play this game on the counter attack. I think um, even though it's at home, it's the kind of game where you you're not going to dominate possession. Sh- dominate possession so you just need to be as good without the ball as you can be and then obviously take the opportunities when they arise uh defensively under smith norwich's shape has looked a lot again much like man united we had no defensive shape under farker really and we've looked much more solid um under smith the spurs game was a bit I know, I think we played solidly for the first 15 minutes and then that, that Lucas Moura goal was just unbelievable. So kind of, not, I don't want to say out of nowhere because Spurs were pressing for a goal, but um, you couldn't really do anything about it's it. It's the kind of goal that just sucker punches everything you plan. Yeah, it does. Um, and even though the scoreline from the outside 3-0 looks a bit um, like a bit of a thumping, Norwich created, I don't know if you'll agree with me, Jake, you might not, but Norwich created three absolutely gill-edge opportunities to score goals. Pookie should have scored one, Sargent mm. should, have, should have scored one again, uh, and uh, Adam Eder should have scored one as well. Mm-hmm. And Norwich actually dominated the possession. Norwich had 60% possession against Spurs. Um, so as in terms of a performance, Dean Smith said this afterwards, he's like, it's upsetting like the result and that's the first game we've lost under him, blah, 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 blah. But it, he wasn't hugely upset by the, the level of the performance. As I say, to create three goals that you should take against, that you should, a Premier League striker should be scoring away at Spurs. Mm. If you can do that every game and create those sort of chances, you'll be laughing. You'll create, surely you'll create enough chances to score and of course to stay up. Um, I'm still not. I don't. I, I still don't know really what a Randnick United team looks like. We'll get to know that more as the weeks go by. But I can't. Again, as like the Spurs result, as much as I'd like to think that Norwich could um, pull something out of the bag here, much as always happens with Norwich. Like if we we've didn't get to play United under Solskjaer and they sacked their manager and now they're coming here with a brand new manager unbeaten in <laughs> six or whatever the hell it is since Solskjaer's left and it looks like we'll be facing a pretty competent Man United team which you couldn't have said two months ago so um, I'm going to have to go for 3-1 to Man United Um, yeah and on to the next one and again upcoming fixtures for Norwich over this busy period, uh, got Villa at home in during midweek, West Ham, Arsenal, Palace and Leicester. So there's not too many easy games in there. You've got to take the most of your home games, but United, this version of probably of United and I don't know. Although in the Premier League, generally speaking, we have a fairly decent record against Man United at home. We've got... Uh, we beat them in 2005, which sounds a long time ago, but it's only actually like... <laughs> only 16 only, years. But we've only yeah, been in the Premier League. That's quite a long time no, ago. No, but <laughs> we've only been in the Premier League for like five or six of those years in between. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and we beat them in 2013 as well. So we beat them like two out of the last five times they've been in the Premier League together. So we shall see. We, we shall see. But as it, as it stands at the minute, I'm going to go for a, a fairly comfortable United 3-1 win. I don't, wants to go think, and go on. I don't think United have the goals and yet to score three is my one reservation. Mm. They seem like I think Ranić has prioritized 
fixing them defensively first. You know, you you can't lose games if you don't concede. You know, like that's the whole thing. That's a good philosophy that I think Tuchel had when he first arrived was just shore things up the back, and then we'll kind of get a style of play as the weeks go by, as they get used to kind of the new training uh, systems and stuff. So I I can't see a three goals being scored by United, but I th- I can see a uh, a Man U win here. I think I'm probably going to go for a quite a a boring one nil Man U win. Yeah, well, you'll play quite well. I think the March will do you. You'll, you'll do some good stuff, but it'll be one nil to Man U. I think I said it, and Norwich's general standard of play has improved immeasurably since mm. in the last since Smith's come in. And what you said <laughs> about um about Villa players not playing for Smith, I just find that bizarre. Where hard work and dedication and pressing are like the cornerstones of yeah. what I've seen so far from a Dean Smith team. So, but yeah, it's, um, there's, I said it last week on the show and the Spurs game hasn't really knocked my confidence, even though we dropped back down to bottom in the league because Newcastle won as well. But well, you're joint bottom, aren't you? Really? Yeah. You're on 10 points. I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm I still, I still believe at this point, which is good. Which, mm, which I would, I couldn't, I couldn't have said six weeks ago. So, uh, Jake, what are you going for? Uh, yeah, I, I do think Man United will have too much for you guys, even though you're at home. I do hope that you you put in a good performance and and rattle Man United. I'd love to see a Norwich win. I really would. Um, but I just, I, I don't trust your your goal threat at the minute like you said you're creating chances now which is good because you weren't doing that before really but no. it's just that conversion of chances that you, you're really lacking and although Pookie seems to be getting you know growing more and more threatening every week he still he still misses quite it's a that, lot of chances it's that it's it's the problem is as well there's nowhere else nobody else is yeah. chipping in with no. goals that's Nor- it, Pookie misses. No one Nor- else Norman has scored. Norman scored one, but he's out indefinitely. Um, mm. And then Omebamadelio at centre, our young centre back, has scored one. I don't remember mm. anybody else scoring one. Rashid's has looked really good in recent weeks, but then he's out for four weeks now, so he's going to miss the entire December fixtures, which is a nightmare. Um, but it's it's the lack of goals across the team, yeah. particularly from midfield and from your wide players and that backup striker role. It's just something when I look at now in the summer, Norwich got so wrong. They kept Adam Eder mm. here. They thought he could step on and be that backup and he's not good enough. He needed a... Isn't he... He's going though, isn't he? Well, there's rumours that we're gonna le- we're gonna loan him out to Forest and get Jordan Hugel get back from Hugel West Brom. Back. But yeah. West Brom fans, when they saw that news, they were dancing in the streets of West <laughs> Bromwich. So, like, that's not like the the biggest endorsement I've it's ever not a heard. Good sign. Yeah. You know, to buy Norwich need to buy like one of those Premier League journeyman strikers. You know, yeah. someone to kind of that knows the league and can score. You, you know, like five, a Robbie Earnshaw, or that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so, I don't, we'll I don't, I don't know what I don't know where um, are you went after he left Swansea, but like that that kind of player yeah, is, yeah. is oh he went to Qatar, forget about it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that guy who's kind of played in the Premier League and can score just just five or six goals in the mm. second half of the season, that could be a huge difference for Norwich. Someone but... like a Peter Crouch would have been great, I think. Yeah. 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 They just need some. They need. Well, they don't. Something. They don't play anymore. So they don't. Yeah. you keep naming players that all have retired. <laughs> Jermaine Defoe is he? Is he still playing? Defoe. Um, I think. 
I think he is still playing. I'm sure. but really? I think yeah, I think he's still on Rangers books. I think. Get him, but get I don't him. think. Mm. No, yes, yeah, he plays striker for Rangers. You're correct. Yeah. Good knowledge. Get him in. He'll mm. bag you some goals. Mm. He's know. 39 though. <laughs> he still knows where the onion bag is, though. He's got it. <laughs> Got it in him. Uh, did you give a score prediction, Jake? I might have missed uh, sorry, it. Sorry, no. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-
they, like you said, they're not good enough going forward, especially without their best player, Corny. And I don't think they're that as good defensively as people think they are. They just they have a big centre-back in Ben Mee who tackles big, and that's about it. Um, so I'm going to go for a West Ham win, and I think I want to keep it low-key. I'm going for a 1-0 West Ham win. Antonio back in the back on the score sheet. Back on the score. Hope so. Yeah. Um, also, re- on the topic oh, of on. strikers, sorry, mate. On the topic of strikers, thoughts on Shane Long as an option? I literally mm. thought he'd also retired. Where's he yeah. playing right now? He's currently he's on loan at Bournemouth. He scored twice this year in eleven games, mm. which is a bit shit, Bourne- actually. Bournemouth <laughs> are doing really well, but yeah, yeah mm. I just need. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it my mission over the next couple of days to go and find the perfect man, and I'm gonna let, you, <laughs> I'm gonna let you both know, and then I'm gonna email Stuart Weber, and then it'll, it'll all be fine. It'll all fine. Goal off Ramble signs yeah. strike for Norwich. Incredible. <laughs> um, Reese, the next of the two o'clock kickoffs, Leicester, yes. the perennial mystery team of the Premier League season so far. Uh, they are hosting Newcastle, who are fresh off the back of a win. Unbelievable yeah. stuff. Newcastle are going to be my kind of focus of this game, just because they deserve a big congrats for actually finally winning a game. They've got one in the win column, which is unheard of for them. Um, it wasn't a pretty performance by any stretch of the imagination, but it was just a much-needed three points. It was a desperate one as well, because as we discussed last week, where were their points going to come from if they didn't get them against Burnley? Yeah, their um, run of fixtures coming up is disgusting. Oh, it's horrible. Um, <laughs> and it's also, their squad is still, I mean, it's not changed. It's still abysmal. They have to get as many points as they can in you know the next few games and then just survive and then get to January because that their owners are going to splash the cash. Now, I don't think, I know Spurs need some signs and players where I think Newcastle more than anyone else in the league have got to add. Newcastle to can have some of ours if they want. I mean, say Harry Winks, Deli Alley, Matt Doherty, ship them all off to yeah, Newcastle. Matt Doherty would be good. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're a little bit, you know, relieved they got the points, but I can't see where they're going to get points moving forward into the Christmas period. You know, the only players that they can really rely upon are Sam Axman and Callum Wilson. They are their only hope. Um, so they need <laughs> to get them firing. Um, Leicester, meanwhile, they are erratic, a bit like Leeds and Arsenal, I guess. You just don't know what you're going to get from them. Navardi's gone cold recently after a really hot run of form a few weeks ago. They've got Madison looking back like he's looking a bit more talented and a bit more up for playing again, which is good. He's got a really mm. nice pair of goals against Southampton, I think it was the other day. Yeah, um, But, you know, you never know what Leicester you're going to get. So I think Newcastle, again, should look at this fixture as a rare chance to get three points. Um, because of how unreliable Leicester are. And I think Newcastle, they will be buoyant after finally getting a win. You know, they've broken um, that streak. So that is going to have an impact in the uh, dressing room. I think Eddie Howe's going to think we've got something to work on. Not only was it a three points, it was also a clean sheet, which cannot mm. go kind of unrecognised. So uh, historically as well, I did check that. Newcastle do have the better of the head-to-head. They've won 54, 54 games against Leicester to Leicester's 48, with only 27 draws. Quite a lot of... Uh, it goes kind of one way or the other, generally, in this fixture. So I think Leicester just probably have too much for them. Um, I think Vardy is desperate to get back on the score sheet. And I think they just... They will dominate the ball, as they tend to do Leicester. And Newcastle will probably struggle. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 Leicester win. 2-1 to Leicester. 
Uh, Jake, what are you going for? Uh, yeah, I'm annoyed that Newcastle have won now. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wonder that's just carry on. Um, I, I think it's going to be a, an exciting game, this one. I think, like you said, Newcastle are going to be in buoyant spirits after winning the game finally, and Leicester are all over the place. God knows what is going to happen when they show up on a football pitch, but there's probably going to be goals. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be goals from both sides. I think it'll be a, a decent... Uh, I think it will actually be quite a decent game. It's very open-ended. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. I've gone for the same... I've gone for the same results, but I've gone for one all draw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the topic of goals, yeah, Leicester have got the fourth worst defence in the entire league. Yeah, twenty-seven bad. goals conceded. Only I think they're better than Watford. They're really missing Fafana, I think, and uh, Pereira's never really got back to form like he was a few years ago. And Soyuncu looks like a dis- like an accident waiting to happen every game. And um. I like players like Castagna, um, but yeah, Evans has been in and out of the team with injury and stuff as well. Um, can't, I've ju- get form, can they? can't get consistent. Yeah, I've just seen here that uh, after Man United's game against uh, Young Boys, that Wan Bissaka has had to be stretched off the field after the game. Um, so I don't know what's happened there. I'll have to um, wait for further news on that. But uh, hopefully he's okay. I hope he is. He is okay. On a footballing standpoint, Dallow has looked better than he has defensively yeah, in the last has. couple of games. So he um, has. Maybe that's he a has. horrible silver lining for Manu. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I hope hope any news coming out of that is uh, is good. We'll have to keep our ear to the ground on that one and see what that's about. But uh, yeah, speedy recovery to Aaron Wambasaka. Um, Jake, last of the two o'clock Sunday kickoffs is your boys Spurs mm. away at your second team. It feels like at this point this season. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brighton. No, no, the, the love's gone for Brighton a little bit. Um, to be fair, um, I'm going to treat this as though the game is going to happen. Yes, this is true. Doesn't yeah. we'll, we'll just see what what happens after that. But um, Brighton are the weirdest team at the minute. Like. So they haven't they haven't won in ten league matches. Um they haven't won since September. Um but they just keep getting these late draws, especially through Neil Malpe, obviously the last two. And when you look a bit deeper, they've actually only lost two of those ten matches. Yeah. Uh, they've drawn eight and lost two, <laughs> that's, which is that's bizarre. Yeah, a horrible run. Um <laughs> but you know the it's one of those things like obviously it's not ideal but they're still picking up points they're, they're not losing matters that often so it's a weird one I don't think I'd, I mean he got he got booed the other week didn't he he did yeah. Potter, and he was very <laughs> surprised by that and I think I am a little bit oh you're not well. entertained it was yeah. kind of that vibe wasn't it <laughs> yeah like who do you think we Brighton. are yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they were overperforming in the first like what five five matters or whatever so to be on a run of two defeats and eight draws isn't actually that bad for a team that's probably expected to finish what, what we yeah. I think we said like 15, 16, 15, 14, something like that yeah. would be about right. If they finish anything like 12th, 11th, 10th, they've had an unreal season. Yeah. So they're probably doing about what's expected, but they are riding their luck, I think, quite a lot. Um, Spurs, however, are, as I said earlier, right back on track. We're looking very, very tidy and very organised under Conte. Two clean sheets in a row um, in, in 
last couple of weeks, which is great. We still have a long way to go, but we're, like I said earlier, we're looking, we're more resilient. We, you know, we're not just rolling over and, and giving up on a, a game like we saw against Leeds. We, we bounced back after half time and really stood up and dragged the result out of the dirt. We were more dominant in games. Again, I know you said Norwich had the more possession, but we're, we always feel like we're in control again, which is nice. Um, I think we, I felt like we were always on the back foot and always at risk in the past under Nuno and Marino at the end of last season. Mm. And, and the main thing, like I said, we're more threatening. We've got more energy and more attacking prowess, which is absolutely crucial. We, that was the worst part of the kind of results and stuff was just the fact that we had nothing going forward whatsoever. Yeah. We weren't. We weren't moving, we weren't threatening, we weren't attacking whatsoever, so you're obviously never going to win a fucking game if you can't do that. <laughs> so at least we've got a little bit of kind of, I don't want to say it, but we've got a bit of the, the highs of Pochettino-style football back again, of that like kind of dominating the game and, and energy and, and attacking, counter-attacking football, uh, which is great to see. So I think we've definitely got enough to see off Brighton. Um, they won't make it easy, of course, but... I think they are going to be without a win in 11 league games. This game goes ahead. I'm going to go for Don't say 2 it. 1 win. Oh, he said it. Just, uh, <laughs> I've uh, gone for a 2 1 that's, as well. That's all things being well. If you strong, feel the strong team, then 2 1 for me. Yeah, I've gone for 2 1 as well. Reese, what are you going for? It's a very 2 1 kind of game. I was just looking is. at like, the stats about this one. Wizard stats for Brighton. That. They have the lowest win percentage at home in the Premier League. They've only won 29% of the games at home, which is just insane. Um, <laughs> but then, as is Spurs' way of being, they Brighton have beaten Spurs twice in the last two Premier League games against Spurs. Like, mm. what are Spurs doing? Uh, <laughs> but because of the you know the resurgent Spurs, and they've you know they've had two clean sheets in a row, which is good as mm. well, scoring five goals in the process. Pretty good going for Spurs. Um, I think they've very much they made the right choice. That sounded like a sly dig. What do you it mean? Pretty, pretty good going for Spurs. <laughs> well, he he said only oh, one earlier, so I've got my return. Oh, back and back off court. God. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> uh, I'm I am gonna go with Tottenham because I think Conte has righted the ship a little bit. They're not you know playing as a, a Conte team can. But that will come with time and that will come with the players that he will no doubt bring in in January. Um, so I'm also going to go with a Spurs win. And I'm getting low scoring. I'm going to go 1-0 again. I'm going to go for a low scoring week this week. 1-0. 1-0. It's time to change up your tactic anyway, Reese, isn't it? Exactly. These, go these from goals. all the goals to none of the goals. Exactly. Although no one um, knows yet. Not Is yet. The final game, the last opportunity for a 0-0, which... Mm. It's given me quite a strong nil-nil energy. <laughs> uh, Crystal Palace are hosting Everton at uh, 4.30 on Sunday. Really. They are. And I have a question for you both. Oh, do is you it a quiz think... or is it a... No, it's, it's a oh. general vibes question. Do you think that we were too soon to declare Palace the team of the Goldmouth Ramble? I mean, who hasn't been the team of the Goldmouth Ramble? Season, <laughs> yeah. It was Brentford, Brentford for a bit. It was Brighton, Brighton Palace. Yeah. I mean, they've uh, similar to Brighton. They've been on a bizarre run where they, well, they went on an apparently great run of form when they went seven games unbeaten. But that run was five draws and two wins. Yeah. One of those wins was against City. Absolutely, that's a great win for them. But still, mm. 
only two wins out of seven is not as good a run of form as we expected. Or we, I think what I was drawn to was the fact that Palace were playing very fun, entertaining football. And they were just playing football the quote-unquote correct way, where they were just the all out way. trying to score goals. <laughs> Um, and I just couldn't help be sucked into that kind of vibe. And I still do enjoy Palace. But I think reality has set in for them recently. They have lost three games in a row to Villa, Leeds mm. and United. And against Villa and Leeds, those are the games that Palace, they have to be winning, really. The team's in and around their part of the uh, league table. So that, that was a big um, disappointment for them to go through that. But they need to get back into the win column against an Everton side who are the most bizarre team in the league, I would say. You know, they've had the most tumultuous week where they sacked their director of football um, mm-hmm. and then they turned around with a 2-1 winning against Arsenal who were in relatively good form at that time. Um, and it was, you know, a belting goal from Dwyer Gray to win that game. But on another day, they could have won that game 4 or 5-1 because Richardson, you know, scored twice in offside positions where, like you said, Jake, earlier, if his shoe size was size 10 rather than 11... He'd have scored twice. So, you know, that's a, it's a weird one. Everton are a weird side. Um, Everton are still very much a shambolic team. Um, <laughs> the win against Arsenal was an underdog win because Arsenal, like I said, they were quite organised at the time. But at least this is a win. A bit like Newcastle. They, they're back in the positive column. And this win might be something of a bit of a, a springboard for them to go on into a nice run of fixtures over the Christmas period. Um, but... I think it's going to be quite a fun game, you know. I think both teams are poor defensively. And I think we're both teams do try to go forward. Palace are a bit better going forward than Everton are. Because uh, I think Palace has got more talent going forward than Everton do. But I think Everton, they can pick out a few goals when they need them. And I think we're gonna, I'm going to go against my grain of the low-scoring affair of the weekend. Oh, And I'm going to go for a very fun two-all draw. Classic. Yeah, classic like zero points wrong, the week. then probably yeah <laughs> um i'm gonna i'm gonna say nil nil yeah wow. i think palace are a bit um sluggish going forward i think at the minute mm-hmm. um say that that, that that game against bernie where they drew 3-3 looks like a bit of an anomaly really when you look at their resource they Last, well, the last month or so, they've I don't I don't know they've just they just seem to have like you said fallen a little bit by the wayside at the minute. Yeah. Um, and Everton, I just don't think they're competent whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is just two pretty incompetent teams at the minute making a pretty incompetent affair. And <laughs> well, Sky have chosen wisely for this nil nil on there to finish their Sunday extravaganza. Uh, Jake, what are you going for? Um. I'm also going for a draw. Oh, um, a triple draw. Triple draw, yeah. I need that. Um, Four <laughs> I wish. Um, no, I think, you know, like we said, the form of both these teams is mental. Everton were on a horrific run. I don't think the win at Arsenal, the, the be-all and end-all and the, the, the solution to their season or anything. No. Um, Palace are on a really bad run as well. So I think I think both teams would be very very grateful for a point at this stage. Again, similar to the Brentford Watford, I think both teams will be really really keen not to lose this one and, mm. and just solidify where they're at. Uh, so yeah, I'm going for a one one draw. One 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 nil nil one one and two two excellent. Mm. Oh, um, 
Right, there is, as we mentioned uh, multiple times throughout the show, a full uh, batch of midweek games. Uh, we're not going to preview all of those in full. Obviously, that would not be here for another hour, and literally <laughs> literally, nobody wants that. Uh, so I'm going to ask you all for your quick fire. You will have five seconds on the clock for each game. Oh, you'll have to give tense. me some pressures on. This might be to your benefit, Reese. You know, yeah, we're don't, instinct. Don't have to... Instinct, yeah, right. Uh, we'll go every time. I'll say the fixture. I'll say my score. Reese, you say yours. Jake, you say yours. Okay. Are we just saying the score? Nothing yeah, else. nothing yeah. else. Pure Quick score. fire, right. pure score. I just pure. want it out there for the record. I don't want any accusations of, mm-hmm. of whatever else. So, <clears throat> Brentford, Tuesday night, at home to Man United. Brentford 1, Man United 2. Fuck. Brentford 1, Man U 2. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> Jake, go. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. I Bu- feel it. I the, feel a surprise. The buzzer nearly went then. Uh, Norwich at home to Aston Villa. Tuesday night. Norwich 1, Aston Villa 1. Norwich nil, Aston Villa 2. <coughs> I've just been sick of my mouth. Go on. <laughs> go on. Nor- Norwich 1, Aston Villa 2. Oh, disgusting. Uh, Tuesday night. Man City at home to Leeds. Man City 3. Leeds nil. Man City two leads nil. Man City three leads nil. <gasps> oh, uh, moving through <laughs> to Wednesday, Brighton at home versus Wolves. Brighton one, Wolves one. Brighton nil, Wolves nil. Oh, disgusting. Yep. Brighton one, Wolves one. I've got these written down, by the way. I'm not oh, have you? <laughs> uh, Crystal Palace at home to Southampton. Crystal Palace, one. Southampton, one. One, one. Uh, sorry, wait. Two, one. Two, Palace. Two, one to Palace. Yeah. <clears throat> I should probably, I should do these in like, um, proper like, fi- uh, BBC Five Live style. <laughs> so it's Burnley versus Watford next. Uh, Burnley, nil. Watford won. <laughs> this is another nil-nil for me. Two nil-nils in this Oh, week. you're f- joyous, aren't you, this week? <laughs> Full of that. Nil-nil uh, uh, for me as well. Oh. Between us, we've predicted one goal in that game. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it says it all. Um, okay, Arsenal versus West Ham. Arsenal 2, West Ham 1. Oh, wow. I have no idea where that came from. I regret it instantly. Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal 1, West Ham 3. The pressure, the pressure got to me completely. I've gone for an, I've gone for an Arsenal win. Unbelievable. Uh, Jake, what are you going for? 1-1. Uh, oh, we've got the full range of results there. Interesting. Mm. Right. Um, Thursday night um, is probably when we're going to record the next episode. We could put that out into the universe. We could do a, a Twitter Spaces live session. If people are listening to this and they would be interested in that and listening along to what we've got to say, we'll just do an episode live where I think there's three games on Thursday. There's Leicester versus Spurs, mm-hmm. Chelsea versus Everton and Liverpool versus Newcastle. So we could theoretically have, well, you would obviously want to watch the Spurs game, Jake, and mm-hmm. Reese, you'd want to watch we the could Chelsea do like game. A proper and and, and I'd want to watch, thing. and I'd, I'd happily watch the Liverpool game. So we could do a, yeah. we could do a little, little is, interesting little show. Is that another, another Amazon week as well? Uh, there is another one in December. I don't know if it's this week or the one between uh, Boxing Day and New Year's. Yeah. I'm not sure. 
we'll have to see. But anyway, <clears throat> we've I've ruined it. Uh, right, uh, Leicester versus Spurs. Leicester one, Spurs two. Damn it, Leicester one, Spurs two. I'm gonna surprise you. Leicester two, Spurs two. Oh. Mm. Um, Leicester always get the better of us. I feel. Chelsea versus Everton. Chelsea three, Everton nil. All right, <laughs> Chelsea two, Everton nil. Chelsea two, Everton nil. And the final game of the midweek fixtures: Liverpool are hosting Newcastle. Liverpool four, Newcastle nil. I was going to go five. Liverpool five, Newcastle nil. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool 4, Newcastle 1 Good Right, so that's all in the history books Nobody can make any That was amendments. arguably more fun than all the previews we used to do. <laughs> We'll do a poll on Twitter this week Should we do quick yeah. flight results or the full previews Do you want to hear us talk shit for an hour Or do you just want us to say something Shall we have a going forward a 12 minute podcast That's the question <laughs> that is the, That's the real quiz um, But no, seriously, anybody who's listening to this Do let us know if you'd be interested in us doing A, a live in inverted commas show Where we just go on Twitter spaces um, And sort of just, yeah Talk about the beautiful game and all the re- recap, all the uh, obviously games that have been in midweek. Might even get our Spider Man spoiler free thoughts oh, as yeah. well. That'd be interesting. Um, yeah, we might do that if people will be interested in that. We'll do that on Thursday night. Um, so let us know if that's something you'd like to tune into. Uh, Reese, you know Hello. what time it is. I've got no jingle to play. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have to pass it over to your capable hands as we go. <laughs> As always, to Reese's Fantasy Football Corner. Yes. Uh, mental fantasy team of the week this week, kind of across all of fantasy, that had an unheard of two Newcastle players and, you love this, Jake, three Spurs players. I, the team of the week. I honestly don't believe... I think you're lying. <laughs> Genuine. <laughs> I wish I was lying to you, but no, the three players were... Uh, Spurs had Ben Davis, Davison Sanchez and Hyungmin Son. Newcastle mm. had Debravka in goal and then Shah uh, in defence as well. And ridiculous performance from those two teams there. Um, so well done to Newcastle and Tottenham. Uh, it was a good, quite a good team this week, though. Quite a good mix of players. You had, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Conza was the player of the week with 17 whole points. Um, wow. Then you had Bernardo Silva in second place with 15. And then Mope was the best striker with nine. He seems like the only one who scored any, any goals in it, Neil Mope. I, uh, might have to, I might have to transfer him in. So you want to go for another six weeks? Yeah, yeah. You're welcome, everyone. I'm not um, uh, obviously, I would, I would heavily suggest trying to get Silva into your team moving forward because he mm-hmm. is in the form of his life. And while De Bruyne is still kind of not at 100, percent he's going to be the main creative outlet for Man City. So he could be your kind of pickup of the week because he's not that expensive in the grand scheme of the big players. He's not that expensive, so he's a good one to pick up. Um, but in our league, it was actually quite a good bit of fantasy in general. There were loads of points going around and we had quite a good average of about 50-ish points um, where across fantasy it was around 43, 42 points. So we had a good positive week in our league. Um, in terms of the top four, very exciting actually. Um, so the top three has stayed the same. Sam Platt's lead has extended to 34 points um, ahead of Sean Alexander with Nightmare on FPL Street. And then Sam Higgins takes in third place. However, we have a new slash old fourth place. Um if you remember many, many weeks ago, fourth place did belong to um, Alice in Wonderland, Martin Richmond. He has returned to the fourth place position. Look at that. I know. And he's only one point behind third place, so he's you know really shot up there. But like every week, the fourth place is the real hot ticket in this league. There are loads of teams in and around the 900 points mark 
So, you know, that fourth place could go to anyone at any time. Uh, so well done, the top four. And in terms of us three, uh, Jacobs... Let's not let's not talk about I it. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to bring it up, mate. I'll be honest, I'm going to have to. <laughs> you had a steady it's climb. In, it's in his job contract. <laughs> it is. Yeah. You had a good climb in recent kind of weeks, but then that has come a bit of a tumble as you've now kind of resided it's in been 26 points. I hate place. it. I hate it. And you've got, I think, 726 <laughs> I points. Um which is, you know, it's a good return. It's, you know, it's 200 points behind the top four, which isn't great. But me and Nick aren't that much better. But, keyword. We are better. better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've held firm in 18th for now. place. For now. Keep, keep that for a positive face. Like we said earlier, Christmas is when all the fantasy points go fucking haywire. So look forward to the Christmas uh, fantasy period. Um, so I've held firm in 18th place where I was last week. Um with a very, I think, quite respectable 979, sorry, sorry again, 798 points. So I'm nearly at 800. Whereas Nick, you have climbed just above me at 17th um, in, with 802 points. So only four points to me. Safe from relegation. You are. You've hit. Can I, I just think, say, by the way? Yes. Right. I have I have changed my team <laughs> for the final time now. I give up. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you who I've, what my team is. Right. Okay. okay. So, Ramsdale in goal. That's where you're going wrong. Fairly solid. <laughs> Maybe. In defence, I have Trent, Reese mm-hmm. James, and Jao Cancelo. Right, yeah. the exact same. Like, that's got to be amazing. Yeah. In midfield, I've got Salah, mm-hmm. Gallagher, Smith Rowe, and Bernardo Silva. I've got the same as well. <laughs> I've got the same team as me. Um, and then up front is where probably it goes wrong more than anything, but. Antonio, Kane, and Dennis. What have you got Harry Kane in your team oh, for? No. Because he's been in there for ages. He's, the last he's cost you like change. 11 million You quid. could buy four players with Kane's money. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> like, but, but who else would I get? Neil Morpé. Score me. Timu Pukki. I can't wait until they're 99 I've got Antonio, oh. Huang, and Vardy as my front three. I've got Huang. Like, it's even playing in the Premier League anymore. Like, he's, he's just disappeared off the face of the earth. He's a bad runner form. Yeah. Um... But that if that is, doesn't work for me now, I I, I quit the whole. Giving on fantasy, you've heard it here first, folks. Jacob was about to give up on fantasy league, um, and the podcast. Depressing. Everything. Oh, everything. Um, but the last <laughs> bit of key news: we always oh. shout out our top scoring team of the week, and this week is a, a you know, friend of the show, long term fan. Very good seventy points for this person's team this week. It was actually wet ass pucky was our team of the week this week. Well done to. Uh, Nicholas Deal for a very strong performance. You simply. What the hell was that song? What is that song? That one. I don't know where it is. I don't know what it is either. You had a good week this week. You had Mount and Salah, which was the big. And Bernardo, which was the big three. So well done for that, Nick. And that rounds out Fantasy Corner. Thank you very much, everyone. Wow. I say it's it's normally a pleasure. It's normally a pleasure, Reese, but even more so this week. It was absolute delight. Um, good. So again, at this point of the show, all that leaves me to do is say thank you to the both of you for accompanying me on this odyssey through the latest uh, Premier League action. It's um, it's heating up now. We're nearly, literally, bang on the halfway mark. We've got, mm. I think, there's two or three games to go, and it will be halfway. We might even do a halftime report. 
um, for all the teams, we should do that and say because with January coming up as well, pick a position mm. they all need to what improve. Need? Yeah. Yes, um, like we will do that. That's exciting. I bet all the listeners can't wait for that. Um, mm-hmm. Do follow us on Twitter if you are still here and don't do so already at uh, gr underscore pod on there. As I said, we'll put out a tweet um, over the coming days about whether people are interested in in, in listening to a live show. Do let us know if you are. If you probably not. If you don't want us to, you can tell us to to swivel as well. That's fine. Uh, but um, until then, until next week, all that leaves me to do is say thank you and goodbye. Uh, we're off to go and enjoy enjoy Spider Man until uh, before you next hear from us. So that's exciting. Uh, but until then, enjoy the football. Uh, keep safe, and we'll see you for the next episode of the Goal Mouth Ramble. Bye bye.